Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 33, where we're going to talk about our Workbench Con experience. What's going on, Steven and Martina? Hello, Martina, you want to go first? I'm ready to hear you guys' recap and figure out what I missed out on and what I should look forward to in the coming year. Everything. You missed oh, out all the fun. <laughs> the best is I moved my screen so I can't see either one of you creepers. I could just hear it, which makes it <laughs> even worse. Which makes it even creepier. Yep. Oh Especially since we talked about Silence of the Lambs earlier. So yeah. that was, you know, up the creep factor. Up the creep factor. So, yes. Uh, so I'm doing okay. Uh, it has been the first day I've seen, like, actual sunlight uh, probably since last week. Because it has been just hot garbage here weather. Um, so anybody that caught my stories noticed that, yes, it has been just absolute hot garbage weather. So it's going to probably be a day where I mow the yard and do outdoor stuff. So I'm going to have like zero shop time today. I don't know, Martina, what you got? Uh, hopefully your weather is much better. It looks like it has been much better than mine. It's raining right now. It's like um, 60 and raining though, so it's not terrible. That's good. I know I've been bragging all week that it's t-shirt weather and everyone's like sending me screenshots of their 23 degree weather. So it was t-shirt weather. Now it's raining here too. I yeah. Think. I always feel like we have, ident- well, you had the snow last week, but I feel like you and I always have like <laughs> so the biggest, same exact weather, snow. except where you're at, right? You didn't have the snow. So fun fact, I almost missed Workbench Con because of the snow. <laughs> I got out like two flights before they closed on the airport. Which was interesting. That would have been funny. Because like every, no one would have believed that you flew out of Vegas and got snowed in. So Anne of All Trades got snowed in. She did. She and did. everybody and we at were the like, conference every, found out. was like so mad. Yeah. It was we're ridiculous. We're like, no, we want to meet Anne. We want to talk about llamas and baby donkeys. It was definitely interesting. My wife showed me uh, a picture of the snow, which was like, you know, nothing in my world. Like right. like, a, like just, there was just like a little prepared. bit of white on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when you're not prepared for it, you can't do anything about it. I was FaceTiming with a friend that lives in Vegas and um she like turned the camera and that showed that the snow like stuck to the ground the, for the whole day. And then when we got off, she sent me a video message and she's like, It just started snowing again. I was like, This is insane. It's the apocalypse. Yeah. Snow apocalypse. So what are you guys watching? I'm watching the new season of Chef's Table, trying mm. to get... I know, it always makes me feel like I could be a total foodie and eat the weird stuff that they make, but I think I can just appreciate it visually. What about you, Stephen? Oh, 
I love Chef's Table, but I can't watch it. Like I, I really enjoy food, and I love watching the Food Network. But there's some of these cooking shows that I cannot watch. Like I just can't do it. I don't know something about them. Um, but what I've been watching is we've started getting into uh, the Punisher, seeing as how it's basically not going to exist very much longer. So I got into it. It's a it, the first season's just amazing. The second season is. Like vastly different. It's yeah, I, yeah. It's I okay. Don't, don't it's ruin not, it because yes. I still need to watch season two. I've right, watched. You got There's no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, it's I just, think I've watched six episodes of season two so far. I think we're up to episode eight, seven, eight. I can't remember. Don't worry. He's still front. Like he's still Frank Castle. There's yeah, plenty of changed. dead bodies. Plenty, plenty of times. Whenever you think this man should have bled out, like <laughs> probably years ago, he should so have bled out. It's yeah. not what I expected. Mm. I'll say that much. Like, I didn't expect the storyline to go where it did. Well, I'm no. on Luke Cage now, season two of my, like, going through all the Marvel steps. And mm-hmm. it's so painfully slow to watch that I have made mm-hmm. no progress with it. Yeah, Luke Cage has got a lot of talky talky, and so did Daredevil. I kind of quit watching Luke Cage. I think I watched, like, most of the season, and I kind of started watching other stuff and just never went back. But this week I've been watching The Umbrella Academy. Oh, I want to see that one. So is far, it any it's good? Okay. I mean, it's it got renewed for a second season, which is so it has I mean, to be it's, good. It's interesting to watch. It, I mean, have you seen the trailers at all, or know what it's about? Yeah. So it's you know like children that got adopted that have powers. It's kind of similar to other shows in certain aspects but different enough that it could be its own show. But so far it's been interesting. Like I'm only, I think I'm four or five episodes into it. I don't remember. It's been interesting so far. Yeah. I'm on episode six right now. That's good. So I guess I'm going to start watching it then. Maybe. I don't know if Liz would like it or not. Some of My these shows like she, she doesn't like, she really doesn't like, I don't know. Mm. Maybe the first four she watched with me and the only reason she hasn't watched the last two is because i was watching them when she was watching my nephews gotcha Hmm. i don't know it's not too bad and it's not like it's not so bad that like a kid couldn't watch it if they were in the room like it's not you know where it's like the punisher right (laughs) it's uh i mean there's parts of it that could be so it might not be child it's probably like pg-13 is my guess i haven't seen the rating but like true pg-13 not like this day and age pg-13 uh like there's still people dying in blood so i'm gonna go with probably pg-13 like our pg-13 you want to get into the topic mark dutch guy i don't know who wants to start i mean because all right so do you want me, me and Trevor were both there yeah, we can have Martina go first. Martina? <laughs> let's have, let's have Martina, first. the person that was not there. Um, I was envious for three days straight that all my friends were at WorkbenchCon, and I was not. <laughs> and I think I hated everyone a little bit. Okay. But I'm over it now, and I'm going to attend next year. After my trust me, we were all just like, yeah. full of hate. Yeah. <laughs> so you were... So, so the podcast listeners that made it to WorkbenchCon, that were at WorkbenchCon... Were, we were all messaging each other intermittently, and one time we were having dinner together, and one of the listeners was messaging Martina while Martina was messaging us, and it was just ridiculous because we were all just throwing shade at each other. 
about either not being at WorkbenchCon or what's going on at WorkbenchCon, why we missed WorkbenchCon, all that stuff. So it was pretty good. I should have made shirts with my face for you guys all to wear and represent me. Someone did do that. Someone took like a took like a um, like a headshot uh-huh. and put it on a piece of cardboard with a little stick, like a flat Stanley, like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Book or whatever. And someone was going around WorkbenchCon with that. I have no idea who. I'm going to <laughs> when um, Trevor and I go to AWFS. I'll have us wear shirts with um, Trevor's head in a backpack. So there that you way go. you're there with us, Stephen. So okay. I'm only going to be there. I'm going to try to go on that Saturday because I work during the day for the week ones. Yeah, it's but, like nine to five every day. Yeah. So I do plan to go after that hours, one day. After hours. We can be upfront and honest about how we decided to go to WorkbenchCon. I think we probably owe people that. Yes. It's it's not cheap. It's like $300 or something a ticket. I think I between like three twenty five and like four hundred, depending on when yeah. you buy the tickets. Okay. And there's yeah. a limited number. I think someone said there's like four hundred tickets available. I think they capped it at four hundred and fifty when all it was said and done. But I could be okay. wrong. Okay. But early on, it was over a year ago. I think it was right after the last Workbench Con. I messaged the Workbench Con Instagram. And just asked them if they'd be interested in a sign that they could use at WorkbenchCon as like a prop or whatever. And they said, yeah, sure, we can we can do a trade and we'll give you two passes to WorkbenchCon in exchange for the sign. And obviously I accepted that deal. And I went ahead and made it, sent it to them. They did forget it and they told me that they wish they hadn't, and they're going to bring it next year. So hopefully we'll see it next year. So that means Trevor's definitely going to have to be there next year so he can, like, sign his own work, you know? Yeah. Once exactly. it, once it, in the next year, his Instagram's just going to take off, and he's going to leave the rest of us behind, you know? He's going to be one of these, like, 100K-plus followers, you know? Uh, I highly doubt that. <laughs> so I agreed to do it in exchange for the passes. I still had to pay for my flight. And then Stephen covered the hotel and we shared the hotel room. Uh, and I gave Stephen the other pass. So that's how we got to go. And I'll be honest up front, if that had not happened, I probably would not have been there. Because I would not have had the extra money for the passes. So just being upfront and honest. And at first I wasn't sure that I necessarily wanted to go because I... As a handhold worker, somebody that's not doing content creation, that's I'm trying to build my Instagram following. We all are, like, but I'm not just trying to do it for the social media aspect. I'm just trying to build a business. Um, I didn't think initially that WorkbenchCon was going to be for me, but after going and seeing everything, just from my perspective, I think it's it was well worth going. Um, that being said. It is they it is very cost prohibitive up front. It is very cost prohibitive, especially if you have to travel very far. Thankfully, where I lived, I only had to drive about two and a half hours, so that didn't cost me very much at all. But those that do fly, take that into account. Take that you know, take that into account. But here's here's one thing I can say about cost savings because we met a number of people from all over the country. Uh, some of them did Airbnb. And they mm-hmm. were in apartments right next to our hotel, which was still very close to WorkbenchCon. It was not at the WorkbenchCon, 
you know, block group rate hotel, but they got a very good deal. I think four or five of them stayed in an Airbnb, a larger apartment. So take that, you know, take that into consideration. And when you're thinking about going, reach out to other people that are also thinking about going and doing it that way. Um, fortunately for me, I travel so much with my day job that I had a good number of hotel points. So I traded hotel points and some, I had, I still had to have credit card fees for certain things. Um, traded that for my particular spot at the, uh, at the conference. But I would highly recommend that you look at the Airbnb route or if somebody has a day job in sales and does a lot of traveling, use those points. They're very well worth it. Network before you go yeah. network. Do like, what? I said network exactly. before you go network. Use your connections yes, before you go is, make new connections. Yes. Yeah, because the people that we ended up hanging out with that were in the Airbnb were from all over. I think two of them were from Mississippi. They kind of knew each other. But the other two or three were from nowhere close by. Like there was a guy from Chicago. There was a guy from Detroit, maybe, or somewhere up in Michigan. They, they, all, they had all shared an Airbnb. So um, it was just a nice collaborative effort. So when we got there, it stuff didn't start till Thursday at four, which is when they started the registration. And the first day is basically like networking only. So they started at four, they opened the doors, you got to go in and you checked in, they gave you a basically like a welcome bag. So the the welcome bag was a husky tool bag, like a portable tool bag. It's like 24-inch, like, multi-pocket tool bag. Something like yeah. a plumber or an electrician, something like that would carry. Um, not necessarily a carpenter's bag, but uh, super handy. I think I'm going to actually take it and use it in my day job, possibly. And the, it was filled with different stuff. Like, it had some stickers. It had a mm -hmm. small, like, ruler-type tool from Craig. It had a bottle of glue. It had, like, pens, pencils. Uh, there was some other stuff in it, too, that I can't remember. Had market had marketing materials for some yeah, of the vendors the there. Sponsors. Some of the yeah, so the some of the vendors there uh, were either the use you know gave you a discount code, uh, were giving away free things at the booth if you basically traded in that voucher, um, or were you know I, I forget exactly what the other thing was, but basically those particular vouchers were used for various things with particular vendors within the show. Um, so that was that was Thursday. Thursday, I thought, was an amazing way to kind of start a conference. A lot of times, yeah. um, having gone to a lot of more technical conferences the first day, yeah, you may have a little breakfast, a little kind of kickoff, you know, a this is what we're doing, this is what we're here for, these are your spokesmen for the, for the event, you know, this is this year's president of such and such association. And it's kind of a, it's a very slow build. This, I thought, was much better because you got to interact, spend hours interacting with people that you had only interacted with through Instagram or had never interacted with, but you, you know, were very much interested in meeting. So and you had a lot of the bigger, you know, you had a lot of the bigger accounts, bigger players there, but you also had a lot of small accounts there. I was very surprised the number of small account Instagram people were there. So let's be real about why the first day was really good. So you walked in and you went straight to alcohol. So that kind of loosened That's, up the mood. <laughs> so yes, people were more likely to, to network. Yeah. And yeah. as far as the vendors go, there weren't as many as I expected. There was a like a stamp company that makes like brands and stuff. There was Rockler, 
Invenables, mm-hmm. uh, Bessie, Armor Bessie. Tool, yeah. Isotunes, the Firm Grip Gloves, the Gorilla Gloves or whatever it's mm-hmm. called, uh, Total Boat, Rustoleum, Spruce, which was like the... Anna White and Jen Woodhouse yeah. collaborative. I, yes. I'm still not sure, exactly sure how that particular thing worked. Um, and then, some of our listeners may be more familiar with it. So or I, I think they help you sell like your plans. It's like a platform for selling your plans, I think. Okay, I was. And then so there confused. was Carolina Shoe. Yeah, Carolina uh, Arbor uh, Tech. You forgot uh, Gorilla Glue was in there. Yeah, Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue slash O'Keefe's. Uh, the, yes. They they're owned by the same company. And then they're and then Wall Control and Craig. Yeah, Wall, wall Control. So Craig. there were like there were quite a few vendors, but there wasn't like a lot of stuff at a lot of them. So, like Bessie didn't really have much at the booth. It was like a booth with a tablecloth and a banner, and that was kind of it. And then Rockler had a whole bunch of stuff. They were giving out like silicone glue kits and glue and then firm grip gloves was giving away gloves total boat was giving away stuff so i mean you got some things while you were there yeah it was kind of surprising that inventables didn't actually bring a cnc machine like they didn't have one they just had videos of it yeah that was that was kind of strange kind of strange that was yeah that was that was very strange to me but that's kind of what so it was basically this big room and then the vendors formed kind of like a shape around it oh and home depot had like a big area for a build it challenge that you could sign up for like before the conference started which we didn't know and there was like a stage but they didn't actually do anything at that stage during the conference it was all held in a different building but it was kind of open it had a lot of tables and it was meant for networking essentially it's where you did all your lunches and all your breakfast and just talk to people at the end of the night. So the first night was all about the networking, um, loosening up, basically, and getting to know each people you've been talking to on Instagram for months and just didn't know in person. There was a there was an awful lot of of uh, looking at your phone, trying to figure out yeah. what somebody's face looks like, and then trying to find them in the crowd because it's like, oh, I'm over here near X booth, and you're. You're looking and you're looking and you're looking and you're looking. Yeah, so there, yeah. there was a lot of that up front. But once you kind of found the people you were more interested in talking to, that's what it ended up being. There there was a, I wouldn't say a click mentality. There was for certain groups of individuals that were there. Yeah, um, But we're not going to really touch on that. Um, but there was a lot of kind of grouping together, I think. Um, like say the the DIY the DIY grouping. Um, so a lot of the female DIY makers or, or DIY bloggers they kind of group together. Um, the CNC fad people kind of group together. Uh, general woodworkers kind of group together. It was basically just whoever that you had made a connection with on Instagram or YouTube or something like that, and uh, and um, you just kind of grouped together and talked. But the other thing was some of the bigger people, some of the major personalities that you know from YouTube, um, they were open and honest with you. I had mm-hmm. several discussions with William Walker of w- WM Walker Co. Talked to um, the Third Coast, Third Coast Craftsman. Um, Trevor and I hung out with uh, Johnny Brooke of, of Crafted uh, the last night of the event, and it was um, 
Very interesting to it say interesting. the least. He's a but cool guy. That, oh, he's very, very cool. Very chill guy. But there's alcohol involved. And I think that's what's needed. Uh, I mean, as woodworkers, most of us kind of, you know, normally kind of gravitate towards those sort of things anyways. Uh, Martina, do you like beer? Are you a beer person? I can't tell. I... <laughs> it's just, it's hard to tell just a little bit. Do you like beer? Why are you trying to dig at me? I'm not digging at you, but I'm trying to say there that aspect was there and it wasn't it wasn't frowned upon. I like, think of like, anyone who has even followed conference. me for a day knows I'm a beer drinker. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. That's and it's it and it helped provide a social lubricant to the whole situation. Please don't because ever call I've been it a social lubricant. Yeah, that sounds don't really bad. Don't ever call it a social lubricant again. <laughs> I hate y'all so much. But anyway, That's what it, that, so. So the first I, I just, day was... so what I'm saying is that from someone that has been to technic a lot of technical conferences, yes, people drink alcohol, but a lot of times that doesn't. It's it's very it's a very after hours things with just kind of a group of people that you sort of know, as opposed to this, it was everyone got to join into the fun. Everyone talked. Everyone hung out. Even if you didn't drink, you were still hanging out with people in yeah. a bar like setting, and it was very helpful. And then the last, so the, so that was the first day. Yeah, that was the first which day. Which was unofficial. And then you had the, so it was. Day one session, Friday, Friday Saturday. session. Yeah. So Friday and Saturday were pretty similar. You had different sessions you could go to. So the first day there was a kickoff session everybody was at. And then you had a break and then you kind of split into whatever classes you wanted to go to. So they had, actually. Do you have your I listing? Have, I do. Oh, so, his his very own official listing. So they had. I'll get, I'm not going to read them all. I'll give some examples of the classes they had. So the ones that I personally went to were the um, law for makers, which talked about like the legalities of LLCs and why you might do it or might not that kind of stuff. Uh, there I was that one. It was actually pretty useful if you're thinking of starting an LLC. And then there was sponsor retention, which was taught by Johnny Brooks. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was the that was a very useful one because it talked about media kits and what it's like to have sponsor relationships. And even like he even said, you don't need a large following to get a sponsored relationship. You just have to figure out how you and that sponsor can work together, which was. He, he gave he gave information it was geared more towards youtube um because because yes. i mean that's that's what youtube is i mean it's it's it is very ad driven but there are ways of doing it as an instagram person as well and he talked about that so my first session was marketing for makers which wasn't it didn't have the correct yeah. name. Once I was in there, I realized it wasn't exactly what I was particularly looking for. But that's going to happen. That that did happen, the the very it first was. one. But thankfully, I got to interact with one of our podcast listeners. She and I both ended up being in there. And we actually discussed and we learned more from each other than we did from that ne from yeah. that session necessarily. But, you know, my next, my next session was work-work balance with uh, Mod Modustrial Maker. Mike Clifford, and that was super helpful. I mean, I've got like two, almost three pages of notes, which for anyone that knows me knows I'm not really a notes person. 
I'm more just kind of an audible sort of thing, but I took notes at very kind of straightforward notes. And we actually went to the same one for the last one, which was Film School Live, which talked about how to get like good angles for videos or pictures or the kind of camera equipment you might want to get or how to do like the exposure triangle or whatever it's called for lighting versus exposure versus like shutter speed or whatever it is which was good and they answered some good questions about if you want to focus on video these are the types of cameras you might want to look at which were mirrorless Mm -hmm. dslr type stuff so it was like mostly about dslr or mirrorless cameras and if you're doing a lot of video they recommended mirrorless if you're doing a lot of still photography they recommended dslr it was very interesting um that one was taught by uh rick and william and i found that useful and then but so there were only three sessions per day really and then in between you networked with companies you networked over lunch and then at the end of the day they had a like uh mardi gras inspired drinks mardi gras beads like they tried to make it like another networking night at the end of that first full day so you got to go have beers with everybody and drinks and you got to network some more and then a bunch of people split off and went to dinner and then the saturday again there were three sessions so the first one I went to was the mixing it up with Quickcrete. And actually, you were there too, Stephen. Yeah, I think we went so to we all the to same sessions a... that day. <laughs> that day, yeah. So we we did corrugated plastic molds, and then they taught us like how to mix the concrete and how to make like different things. So that was fun. It was, it was, it was a lot of out-of-the-box thinking because I would have never yeah. have thought to make to make molds for concrete out of corrugated plastic so in a, me neither in saying that it's not corrugated like siding plastic it's corrugated like no, almost like street signs plastic, like like yeah. a garage sale sign so it's like cardboard but all plastic and it works amazing like you don't need anything to 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 really put it together but hot glue and tape and so if you have any any reason to build anything small out of concrete that little signage stuff is your friend it works probably really well over the hot glue I was. I love hot glue. Yeah. Hot glue is a maker's friend. Know it, learn it. One of the most useful sessions, I think, for me, was the funnels aren't just for beer. beer that which was, was a talking good one. about sales funnels. Yes. <laughs> so it was this lady named Kim Anderson that her background is blogging and she built like a, I think her An mantra is that she built a six figure blogging business. Yep. Now she's and she did sessions about how to do like email lists and email marketing and passive income streams and it was probably for me it was by far the most useful one because it gave me a lot of ideas and funny story is the night before when we were all drinking we <laughs> ran into her at the hotel yep and we probably talked to her for two hours about passive income and ideas for our businesses and she was Which and was she was straight really up helpful. with us too. I mean, she pretty much said, "All right, what do you want to do? How much do you want to make? Let's talk yeah. about it." She was really helpful. She and was, and she was, she was amazingly like brilliant about this. As someone who doesn't have a background in making, however, her husband Cressel Anderson, uh, he runs Maker Size. He does, he does do making. 
So she knows our businesses pretty well, mm-hmm. but she she's did. just she's just straight up and honest. And she she I mean she does offer consulting services mm-hmm. for this stuff and like master classes or whatever she calls them. Um, so it was cool to be able to talk to her before her talk because she kind of prepped us for what the talk was about. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the talk because I was unsure of what I was going to go to that day. And after talking to her, I was like, okay, I'm going to this. And I'm really glad I did. And then the last one that I went to was Pinterest Power. And the first probably 30 minutes was people asking questions about what is Pinterest. So the first 30 minutes was kind of not useful (laughs) because it was, what's Pinterest? What's a board? I think they should have prefaced it by saying that you need to know what Pinterest is if you're going to go to that (laughs) class. Have a prereq. And I think one of the big takeaways from it, though, was if you have a personal Pinterest, make a separate business Pinterest if you're going to get into into Pinterest itself and keep those worlds separated. Just like you try to keep your business Instagram separate from your personal Instagram. Same kind of concept. And then it closed out with Jen Woodhouse and Anna White. Like the overall, at least my overall feeling is there during the day, there were more breaks than I think you needed. Like I think you needed one around lunch Mm -hmm. and maybe like a 15 minute one maybe during the day in the morning and another 15 or 20 minute one in the afternoon. But I'm talking like some of these were the first break of the day was from on day one so the open session to the first class i think was only 20 minutes which was i think a good time frame lunch was from 11 30 until 1 15 for me that's a really long time do you think they just didn't have like enough available speakers that, to fill it up or? i don't know i well no i think they had enough speakers because there were a lot of things i didn't get to go to that i wanted to got it and then the afternoon, we had a break from 2.45 to 3.45. I'm not knocking the conference because I think it was great. I think talks were great. But then, like, the Saturday, we networked with sponsors from 10.30 to 12.30. I think you could have put one more session in there and give people a chance to go to ones they didn't get to go to. There's, I think, still learning points. It's only their second year doing it. But I think overall, it was a good experience. I think it depends on what you make of it, though. Like, you could have gone with a certain mindset of maybe this wasn't worth it or it's not going to be worth it, and you could basically waste your whole time there. But if you go in there with an open mind of what you want to get out of it, how you can use it to grow, I think it was well worth it from that aspect. Is there opportunity? Like, is it the same conference or like the same seminar every day so no so each day it had a different layout so like you went so each day was a different layout but there were some sessions that only occurred once Mm -hmm. so there was potential to miss something that you wanted to attend yeah yes got it and there were some that happened twice so like one of the ones that only happened once i think was the epoxy one with total boat that was only one time. And then there were some that were twice. Like Quick Creek was twice. Film School Live was twice. 
the but Johnny not Brook. Everything the was. Johnny Brook one was twice because yeah. I went to the I went to the last one. Now, I mean, and you could tell that that was the last one because I mean it was standing room only. There had to have been yeah seventy five people in there, and it and now we'll say the sessions are for four hundred people. The session classrooms are small, which is good because that presents itself with a little yeah. bit less questions. You can kind of have a better mix. Now, like the first session I went to might have had 15, 20 people in it. The second session with my industrial maker was packed out, but it still only had, say, 25, 30. But then yeah. the very, very last session uh, with Johnny had to have 80 people in that room. And then the closeout obviously had everybody. Yeah, the closeout had everybody, so that whole, that whole room was packed. It was standing room only. The, the one thing that was cool from the company perspective is the people you talk to at the companies are the PR, the social media, the marketing people. Mm -hmm. So you, you kind of make that direct contact and you, they'll give you a card and you can reach out by email and, you know, try to work with them on sponsored content. Like that was the whole reason they were there was to try and find people to do sponsored projects with. So that was kind of cool. And overall, I think, like I said before, it, it kind of depends on what you try to make of it. If you, let me put a couple scenarios out there. If you're somebody that has no interest in social media or doesn't care much about social media, you don't care about YouTube, you just like to make things as a hobby and you just want to like meet and talk to people, it's probably this not is, this is not the session the for you. This is not the session for you. No. So like if you just want to talk to people, try to find maker meetups. I think it's probably more reasonable money wise. Or or save for a big say woodworking conference. AWS or like or, maker fairs or yeah, whatever. Something like that. Yeah. I would say if you're like in YouTube and you're start or you're starting YouTube and you're kind of like in Instagram and you want to grow it but you're not really sure what it what you want it to turn into and you just like doing this as a hobby and you kind of want to see what happens I'd say it's 50/50 mm -hmm. I think if I think if you eventually want to take it seriously it's a good thing to go to if you are already stressed out by social media it's probably <laughs> not something you want to go to so the if you are a small business if you are a content creator that's on youtube or instagram or whatever if you want to go full-time eventually or even if you don't but you know if that's something you want to aspire to one day or you want to you know grow your instagram or you want to grow your youtube or you want to network with people and do collaborations and be able to talk to actual marketing people at certain companies I think it's a must in that case. And I not, I would not have said that before going because I didn't know what it would be like. And I was borderline whether I was going to go, period. After going and after talking to the people I did, I think it's worth it. I, th I can see where if you happen to identify sessions you wanted to go to and none of them like, lived up to what you wanted, maybe you'd have a different feeling. But I tried to be very careful about the sessions I picked. Like, I picked them days in advance. I didn't pick them 
like five minutes before I was going to go. So I kind of planned out what I wanted to listen to and where I thought I'd get the most value. There were only one or two where I actually ran into somebody and said, they said, you need to go to this session. It's really good. That's really the only one that um, I didn't plan out, I guess. But overall, I'd go again if I can afford to. Well, I think definitely and I'm this gonna week, start saving. since you've been back, you seem really invested into super, your business super and driven. motivated about yeah, what you can do that now. was one thing that was... So there were a few things at the conference, and I, I told both of you this, like even while I was still there. Like I would be listening, so specifically Kim Anderson, I was listening to her talk, and I think she only said like three trigger words and like light bulbs started going off in my head of different ways I could do things for my business or my brand that made sense and fell within the umbrella of my brand that could lead to passive income. And without going, I don't think I ever would have come up with those ideas. Now, whether I can actually implement them and they work, different story. <laughs> But I never would have had the idea for them if I didn't go. Again, like make your own assessment of whether it's worth it or not. I'd say at least go once. Try it, and if you don't like it, don't go again. But do what you can to save for it and try to go if you're able to. The one thing I think would be really cool is if they kind of alternated it, East Coast, West Coast, to give people on the West Coast more of a chance to go to. Yeah, I w because right now West Coast people have to fly out there. I think it would be, I think it would only be fair if they held it on the West Coast and then people from the East Coast could fly out one year and they just alternate it back and forth. I was surprised at how much tickets were for me to fly out there. Like that made it not worth yeah. it in itself. Which I'm sure you had similar things because you're not far from me. I did, but we have yeah. major airports within driving distance from me. So I looked at. I probably looked at four or five different airports to fly out of, and it made no price difference for me to get to Atlanta. It was still like four or five hundred bucks. It was not cheap. Yeah. My perspective on it is slightly different than yours is, Trevor, because I don't care about YouTube. I'm never going to do anything with YouTube. And I and this is where I think it was very good because you and I have completely different mm -hmm. business goals and, and what we want to get into yeah. and how we want to grow. Yeah, And that's why I think having these different opinions is going to be valuable. Yeah, so my goal is not to to leave my career, to, to be able to just be a maker full-time, to make videos, make content, make other odds and ends things. I, that's not my goal. I just want to be able to have extra money for whenever I'm, you know, for whenever I need extra money. I, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, it's the summer. Let's, let's take a little vacation. I don't want to have to worry about where am I going to get the money for that vacation because I've got extra money from my making. Um, so those sorts of aspects, the content creation and the YouTube, those didn't have any, they, they didn't play into it, into it at all for me. The Pinterest doesn't play into it at all for me because it's not where I'm getting my money from. Uh, I want to be able to build things and have people pay me to make things. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to make money from selling other people's stuff. I want to make money from selling my own. So it uh, it was it was good for me to see all those different aspects. What I what I learned were things to take 
not necessarily my making, but how I operate my business to a better to a better standpoint. Um, and I learned most of that from Kim Anderson. I think just being able to spend one that time that Trevor and I had with her that that one night, um, not to mention her her funnels aren't just for beer class. Taking that into account and imagining how much she's probably charging for her personal consulting time, I would probably have the cost of the ticket just in talking with her. And I was able to get that semi for free because it just happened that we ran into her uh, that one particular night. So to me, I think it was very valuable. I want to go again because I want to I want to see what my progression is over the next year. Things I've learned from this WorkbenchCon, bring it to next WorkbenchCon and build upon it. Because I think it's, to me, I think it's necessary about building a business. It's not to me about content creation. It's about how to properly build a business. And it gave me plenty of ideas about, one, how to build my business, and two, also ideas that we can put out on the podcast. Um, so uh, the networking was phenomenal. I'll, I'll say that right off the bat. Networking was phenomenal. I was so great to meet some of the listeners. Uh, we had some very, very fun uh, discussions about different things, but it was nice to be able to network with people that you only deal with on Instagram and to put a face with a name, I guess, and, uh, and just be able to discuss things. Uh, I I feel like I felt like I probably stalked uh, JT from DFM Tools all weekend, pestering you him think? to buy. Oh, I did. I pestered him all for no, a weekend. Did. Yeah, I did. but he's a cool guy. He's super so. cool. He's super cool. Hey, I wanted to buy something from him, so I'm going to pester you until you let me buy something. We did have dinner with a few different people, and that was. A good opportunity. That was a great to, opportunity because kind it, of network more. because it it took out everything that's going on around you and you're able to focus. Uh, it was nice that dinner we had on Saturday night because it was kind of like a round table. There were what eight of us there, I think. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, and a giant square table that we all yes. were like were like looking at, trying to figure out how it was built. Um, so there was there was that, but it just allowed us time to discuss things that aren't just about making, but about life as a maker as well. Uh, Trevor, you have kids. Martina, you have kids. Albeit your kids are much older. You don't have to really handhold them anymore. You probably still no. have to yell at them, but you know, that's, that's what, you know, that's, that's what how you have communicate to do. with them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Um, but to discuss those struggles, discuss the life struggles, the making struggles, the just in general struggles. So to me, it was very cost prohibitive up front. Uh, thankfully, Trevor, like he said, was able to get me a ticket and uh, we were able to work something out. But I think for my particular brand and my particular business, I think it is extremely helpful because I don't know where I would have gotten this particular pinpoint business information. I mean, I could have talked to any business consultant and he would have, he or she would have given me general business information, but to hear it from a maker focused perspective uh, was phenomenal. So I'm very and, happy for that. And I will say that like 98% of the people were really open to talking to you. Like it was one of those few places where if, if there was a circle of people, you could go kind of intrude and stand in the circle of people 
and just get involved in the conversation and it wasn't like an awkward thing because it happened all the time yeah yeah so a lot of people were really open there were a couple that were kind of standoffish yeah there was but there was I'm, I'm sorry go ahead did you notice that there was one particular couple i don't think they talked to anybody they ate dinner yeah. by themselves they went to they went and talked to themselves only but it was strange i'd have no idea what it was about when out I, I never went up and talked to them because i I don't know. It was just a man and a wife, or a husband girlfriend. I have no, or not husband girlfriend. <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, boyfriend girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> overall, though, I yeah. think overall though. So it was cool because uh, you didn't, like Bobby you didn't, Dukes. you didn't feel weird or self conscious going up no. and talking to people that have made a name for themselves in content yeah, creation. So, like Bobby Dukes was there. Uh, Bob Claggett showed up. Yeah, I don't at think at one point I never got to talk to him. I talked to Chris. I did talk to Bob once or twice. Yep, talked to Chris. Yeah, I mean, you got to meet a lot of people that you know. I've watched their YouTube you, YouTube all stars couple years. You know, but they're I would say the majority of them were just as cool as person as they seem on their YouTube videos. Like Bobby Dukes, like that dude is pretty cool. And then we talked like to Johnny Brooks um later on the last day and like jason from bourbon moth like they were some pretty cool people there and we talked to each other you know network tried to there's a few that we're going to try to work on collaboration projects uh at least for me so it gave you the opportunity to not only meet people you've been watching but also try to talk to them to do something together which i don't think many other conferences would have been a good place for that yep so you know yeah and we talked take to, our opinions uh, for what they are we though. talked to some content creators about coming on the podcast yep so we we, we have some people on the line uh we're not sure this is the i didn't even know that so what now every listener knows before I even knew. Knows what? Your lineup, your potential lineup. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we were in a talk for. See, Kim this Anderson. is why I should have gone. I'm just left to yes. the podcast dust. Yeah, and, but she was uh, calling out Matt Cremona because he was in the room. We sat next to him. We sat next to Matt Cremona. He's he's Matt Cremona. Like he'll talk to anyone. I know, but we sat but... next to him, and it made me feel so happy. And it also made Glad me realize that I'm not the shortest person around. He is an extremely small man. But there were quite a few people that were like, yeah, it'd be awesome to be on the podcast. So, like, we're going to try to have Matt on here. And they, you know, being able to go to this, in my mind, it was one of the conferences. And I've been to a lot for work. And this is the first one that... It felt more like a community where you could go up to anybody and talk to them and you didn't feel like awkward about it versus normal conferences where you kind of want to stand in your own corner because you don't want to like approach anybody because they seem standoffish. That wasn't the case. And being able to go to talks with people and being able to network with them afterwards and you go to the bar like at nine o'clock at night and you'd be talking to people until two in the morning. So it was a good opportunity that I don't think you would get many other places. Yeah, I definitely look forward to going next year. 
Yeah, I'm already starting to save a little bit over and uh, be able to go again next year. I think we're going to go as a podcast next year. Goals. There we go. <laughs> so, anyway, that was our take on WorkbenchCon. Yeah. I mean, overall, it's kind of. I'd recommend it. It sounds like it's worth whatever you're willing to put into it. Like, you can Correct. either make it as and good of an experience at, or as not of good of experience as you want so there were some people there that looked like they were miserable and then they were also not trying to talk to anybody on their own so it is one of those you get what you put into it but and if you if you don't try to put in the effort of talking to people and approaching people i don't think you're getting the most value out of it yeah this conference was real networking social yes yes um you know once again going back to these technical conferences i'm used to going to conferences with like scientists and engineers some of them guys they don't talk to anybody they don't talk to they don't talk and if they do they're talking to people they've known for years and it's very high iq level thinking and discussion it's not like hey how's the family how's the kids you know what's been going on in your life it's all it's all technical things so if you don't if you don't feel comfortable being in a situation where you have to talk to people um this conference is definitely not for you 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 need to have a certain level of uh i guess uh sociability well and one recommendation i'd make is if like, try to reach out to some people on Instagram and talk to them and try to ask them useful and, you know, helpful questions or give them helpful advice. Mm-hmm. Because when you get to the conference, you can start out by seeking out the people you've talked to on Instagram, which is kind of what we did. So, you know, I talked to Jonathan Katz-Moses on the first day. We talked to JT, I think, on the first day. Like, there were quite a few people. And then there were some people that would walk up to us and be like... Hey, you know, Trevor, Steven, and I'll be honest, like I looked over, I'm like, I, I'm so sorry. I don't know who you are, but then they would show like their sticker or their channel (laughs) name. And then it's like, Oh, okay. I just didn't know the face. So that's part of why I'm going to try to do stories more where I'm showing my face is because a lot of people knew my brand, but they didn't know my face. I don't know how many so times they'd see the sticker and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I follow you." I think people know like, my face. Yeah, people people do. know the Martina face quite well. No, but I don't know how many times I heard in the conference, uh, "Hey, you're the laser guy." I'm yes, pretty sure you could change your handle to the laser guy, and people would know who you are, because that's I basically that your unofficial nickname is the laser guy. I I definitely got that more than 10 times Mm -hmm. and even then there there was somebody that was like oh you're the laser guy and somebody else overheard him and they've been like i've been looking for you i'm Mm -hmm. like i i'm sorry i don't know who either of you are and then they would talk to me and they'd tell me their channels and i'm like oh yeah okay now it makes sense but it's it was one of those things where you you start to figure out what you're known for when you're talking to people like because you know some people would yell out hey you're the cnc guy or you're the laser guy or you know you build really good furniture 
you could start to see the trend of what people knew each other for and what people uh, followed basically each other for content wise. Yep. Yep. So I so. was, so basically my thing was nobody really knew me. The listeners that were there knew who I was sort of. Um, but I was able to, to have more discussions um, just because I grew up, you know, grew up in Tennessee. So I would recognize Tennessee things and I, purposely wore a shirt that was like just a straight up Tennessee shirt on Friday Mm -hmm. just to be able to have interaction with those sort of people. And it was nice. It was very nice to, to be able to do that. Overall, overall, Steven on us on a five star rating system, what would you have given it from your personal perspective and why? Uh, I'm going to go with four stars. Okay. Uh, five, it wasn't entirely a five star for me because there was a little less woodworking, a little less, little less stuff that's more kind of personal to my brand. There, um, the woodworking mm-hmm. that was there, uh, like Rockler, the Rockler people had uh, had some hand planes and stuff, and it's just no, nah, that just doesn't do it for me. Um, but Armor Tool, they were there, and I actually discussed, you know, as a person who does more hand tool woodworking products, that they could gear towards you know, hand tool woodworking. Um, so that was, that was nice to be able to do that. Um, so that was, I mean, I guess that was the major thing. That was a major reason why I would not give it a five star is because it was a little less woodworking focused and a little bit more general making and content create creation focused. And that's not really my thing. I'm more just with the woodworking. I was able to to get some ideas about incorporating other sort of artistic elements into things. I actually discussed this with the with the collective um, where I sell my where I sell my goods about doing an art sort of night um, and incorporating both uh, traditional sort of artistry with woodworking. Um, so that that was able to spark some ideas. But uh, yeah, for me it was a probably four out of five stars. Everything else I thought was great. Um, I don't know, Trevor. What are you, what are your thoughts? Where are you going to put it? So I was also going to say four out of five, and the reason for that is because I I think it would be cool to have more. If you're going to have these network with vendors or companies, I think it would be cool to have more hands-on experience with the products um, very true so some very did. true don't get me wrong yeah total boat like, total boat um yeah total boat yeah total boat blue. was good but if you're gonna have like a cnc company bring like bring a cnc and like <laughs> make something for people and then like overall i think the conference was really good like for me personally it, it worked out well because i'm trying to get into more of the content creation the youtube and the networking side and i think that was really good my only things were that there could be more companies to talk to if you're going to have that much networking time with companies okay yeah i'll, and I'll not I'll a lot agree like with that. maybe like three or four more and also to try and uh, have each class at least twice because if you missed it the first time that was your only shot yep and sometimes there were two at the same time that were only happening once or you know one of them landed on something else you wanted to do so i think those are just more of the logistics type of things but overall i i would recommend it 
but again take it for what it's like our opinions worth like we're for what we're doing I would go again for what I'm trying to do with my business I would go again if you're just trying to meet people in person I'd probably wouldn't do it because it's kind of cost prohibitive just for that yeah it's it's not a, if, it's not a meet and greet sort of no you know thing it's definitely a learning you know learning networking a vision for where you want to go with your business i think it's useful for that so i mean for people that wanted to know whether it was worth it or not it's really up to you and what you want to get out of it if you just want to meet people Probably not. If you want to try to network with some companies and you want to try to network and collaborate with other makers and grow in some capacity, whether it's on a website or social media or whatever, then I think it's worth it. But it's all about you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So if you don't put in a lot of effort and you don't want to, you don't talk to people and reach out while you're there, you're not going to get as much value out of it as I feel we did, because we were constantly talking to people. Like, I don't think there was a more than a five-minute period where I wasn't talking to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only time, really, it was um, it was kind of quiet was uh, Saturday morning, because a lot of people really, uh, really hit Friday night hard. And so yeah, it, was a yeah. li- it, was a little, it was a little quieter Saturday morning. There were a few people missing on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I mean... I thought it was a good experience. I'd go again. So. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Would recommend. So that's our view of WorkbenchCon. Yeah. Martina, what um, from outside looking in, what do you have that you, that you would want to know that we didn't cover? I think that kind of touches a little bit on everything because I followed along with everyone's stories and everything. Um, some people did like recaps and or just storied while they were there. So I kind of got a feel of what they were doing. And I think for what my business is and what it will be, like that is dead on something that I need to attend. So planning my next 12 months around putting a little money aside in order for myself to go and to take Amanda, um, I think we'd both benefit. Even if she's not as ha- always as hands-on with the business, I think that her seeing what it's like and what our business could be would definitely be beneficial overall. I think she would get a lot of it out a lot out of it um, because she is more business minded. She Mm -hmm. is, she is definitely more the business half of your business. Um, So the things that you, if you were to go to sessions that were more business based, she may pick up on like that and you may not realize that it's something that you have to do or it's very important to your business and she'll yeah, recognize we'll that right away. Be able to cheat and she can attend a session and I can attend something else and then we both get two different experiences but get to take it back to the same business. If we all end up going next year, I think that's what we should do is divide and conquer. Unless there's something Well, no, that's I don't want to hang out really with you guys anyways. But well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We only do it on here, but we we should split up, which we did at times, and each take notes, mm-hmm. and then you know share them afterwards. Because there were some our friend Mike went to, and he's like, "Yeah, that one really wasn't worth it," or there was another one where he's like, "That one was really good." So, you know, I do think that it'd be awesome if WorkbenchCon figured out a way to video record it and share it. For people that didn't go to the conference, mm-hmm. and 
I mean, there's pay some a, pay a, things. Pay a smaller fee to be able to get or that like, information. If you attended Workbench Con, you get all that for free. But if you didn't go, you could, I don't know, whatever. But well, I mean, that's, I that's part that of what you're paying helpful. for is, is those sessions because those presenters have to be paid for their time. Yeah. But I do think that uh, if they if they shared those in some capacity, it would entice more people to want to go. So it'll give people, I guess, a good idea of what the sessions are like. Yeah, but to see the thing is, I feel like WorkbenchCon did have going for it. Was it? It was not so big. True. Um, no, I don't. I think they still cap it. I don't think they're ever gonna not limit how many people can go. So I I do think it's good that they limit the number of people because it's it feels more close knit and more like a community that way than if you just opened it up and had thousands upon thousands of people there. Yeah, that's it for me. That's got it for me. Um, we have notes for those that did not attend. We have notes about different things. Uh, some tips that we're gonna share uh, across the platform. Um, that. You know, we can't go into real deep detail about it, but we can tell some things that stuck out to us, some tips that you wouldn't necessarily think about, um, and yeah. that were that were given that were just—I mean, they were great and tips. Martina, do you want to tease the I idea when this comes out? Bit? We'll have um, discussed it on the Instagram. Okay. So. So we have something coming up that we think people will find useful. Where we'll we'll get them. I get. I mean, like, I, we probably have listeners on here that don't follow us on socials, though. So go. I mean, you want to go ahead and talk about it real so fast. So our goal is to, even if it's once a month, start doing uh basically like a conference call with. I think we can host up to a hundred people for forty minutes. For forty minutes. Yeah. Holy crap! Um, so we are gonna have to figure That's out how to people. do kind of like a um, first come first serve sign in basis, so that way. Yeah. We. I mean, not that I think we're gonna get a hundred people right off not the right bat, bat, but, but yeah. after a while, <laughs> so that way we can kind of do like a um, a think tank with makers and sit on there for forty minutes and talk mm-hmm. business and kind of help each other out and um, tackle some obstacles they may be having and let them ask questions to us or to one another to try and grow their business and grow their brand and help them with struggles they may be having. And the intent is for the first one to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, on the 10th. That's what I believe too. 10th. So So, we'll talk more about it on IG too. Yeah. We'll start Uh, talking about it in the next few days to come. And then, so that will be, We release on the sixth. You'll be listening to this on the sixth, and then a couple. They'll give you a couple days to kind of get more details from us and more information, and figure out how to log in and chime in um, on the tenth, and we can have a an open dialogue. And it will be free. Yes, we're not charging for it. And no, then, we're, so, so it just being straight up. <laughs> every time we do it, it may not be all three of us. We're gonna guarantee at least two of yeah. us every time we do it, and then the hopes obviously will have the three of us. But I think it's a little harder with your guys' schedules um, to be able to do it. Yeah. So with that, All right. I think that does it for this episode. I think it's, I think that's, that's, we covered a lot of it. I think it's pretty good. All right, guys. So. Until next time. All right. See you later. Adios. Thank you for listening to today's show. As a continued listener, we greatly appreciate your feedback, your input, and just downloading the episode every week. If you're a new listener, Thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of Maker topics. Also, be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and Maker swag, including stickers because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your Maker Vision become a Maker reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment, and the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account, so if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good, but if you didn't, tell us what you didn't like about it, because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 